Welcome to the Lowdown. Today's show, Oilers can make it 14 in a row with a win tonight. And Columbus is in town. Mm, I like their chances. Unless there's a rookie goalie, you're still wearing the same sweater and underwear and socks, right? You don't want to bring a jinx or bad luck. I'm I'm teasing. It's 14 games. It's just too long, you know? It just is. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us 1-833-401-1440 or Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. The Discover event is on now, and they're blowing out remaining 2023 GMCs. Discounts up to $8,000 plus 0% financing. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. Our guest today, Daniel nugent Volman from The Athletic, Brian Hedger from Columbus Dispatch. We will preview the uh, NHL game tonight in its totality. There's so many stories surrounding the Edmonton Oilers right now. Solving problems here and there and everywhere. I mean, the big problem now is what to serve the media, aside from popcorn. They've done good work. Corey Perry signed. Dylan Holloway called up. Looked very good. Calvin Pickard, he's he's done well. I understand you might want a new, different, more proven backup goaltender. But if you get the guy, is he going to be better than Calvin Pickard? The Oilers have an opportunity to test Pickard Test drive him, as it were, now to the deadline. Before we get too far into the discussion about today's game, I want to say hello to our friend Declan Kruger because he's already starting to type and hammer over there, and I know when he gets busy. Are, do you, are you writing letters to the editor? What are you so passionate about over there with your hammer, hammer <laughs> fingers? No letters to the editor. Mostly it's the sport update and, uh, you know, getting the podcasting ready. So that keeps right. me pretty busy. And you here. also answer people on the text line, right? Yeah, I see definitely, that. sometimes. Yeah. If I have time, I definitely like to get involved. You know, when, you, when I turn my mic on and you cut it off immediately and shake your finger at me, that's no. my way to get involved. I text them back. So. Don't tell them what finger I'm shaking at you and oh, we'll be ooh, fine. I wouldn't dare. Uh, I think it was. I never know where these things start, and I'm so busy and self-important that I sometimes don't get it right. But I think Frank Saravalli was the guy who said, you know, maybe if these all these moves like Perry and Holloway work out and Pickard, maybe the big move for the orders of the deadline is trading Jack Campbell and then sort of laying over those bonuses for Connor Brown and now Corey Perry onto this year's cap. Interesting. And if you're going to do that, maybe you trade at the same time for a valuable forward or instead of trading Campbell, you trade for a valuable forward. These are interesting thoughts, and they open up because of the Perry signing and the way Holloway looked on Saturday. Look, we've got more ground to cover. The deadline isn't even in February. There's lots of time. Although, holy moly, what are we going to do for the, like, 11 days or whatever it is if the orders don't play? There's, like... We're going to have to do Mama MMA every day. Well, we're definitely going to have to dip into the NBA world a little bit. We're going to become, in essence, an NBA radio show. Okay, so let's Especially go. with the way the NFL is yeah. you know, winding down. Well, Joel Embiid is worth talking Ooh, about. Oh, my goodness, is he He's ever. very good, eh? Wow. I just, you know, the, the I remember thinking about this about Dr. J, and then they finally did. They got some surrounded Dr. J with great players, and they won in, I think, 83. But it's... Right now, Embiid, I'm not saying he's on an island. I'm just saying that they they don't they, they win four in a row, they lose a couple. They don't feel to me like they're gonna be coming out of the East. That's my feeling about Philadelphia. I would like it to be not so. We got some more NBA stuff to talk about as well. 
I think Ken Holland will trade for a, a depth defenseman. He always does when they're in contention. And if you want to do a fun game, I'm going to do. I'm I'm going to tell you what I think Ken Holland is going to do. So go to just type into Google um, NHL Trade Board, and you can write the name of whatever publication you prefer. I like the uh, Athletic one. It's I think it was out like 48 hours ago, so it's pretty much updated. So if if you're looking at the the list of what's available. And you're saying to yourself, okay, which of these players available would the Oilers be interested in? The answer is all of them. And the reason I know that is because Ken Holland is the general manager. And if you go look way back to Detroit, where they were picking up guys, Hasek, Chalios, Bertuzzi, the, uh, um, Shanahan, they were always picking trades or free agency. They were always going after very famous people. So... The Athletic has Elias Lindholm as number one, Chris Tanev as number three, two, Sean Walker three, Sean Monahan, Jake Allen, Vladimir Tarasenko, Andre Kozmenko, Noah Hannafin, Adam Henrique, Jake Gensel. Gensel. Never get that name right. Anthony Duclair, Ilya Lyabushkin, Pat Maroon, Dominic Kobalik, Trevor Zegras. I don't think he's coming here. I think Ken Holland calls about everybody. I sincerely do. And you say, well, they can't possibly get whomever. I I think Jake Gensel is gettable by Ken Holland. You know, he has his first round pick. He has Philip Roberg. Kyle Dubas loves analytics. Analytics loves Philip Roberg. So when you say, well, that will never happen, are you sure? And I know that Jake Gensel is like 6 million AAV. But he's a free agent. You trade at the deadline. You get the Penguins to take half of it. You take the Pittsburgh Pirates to take a quarter of it. And then all of a sudden, it's not that much money. I just think that the Edmonton Oilers are in a position, I don't know where it is, but what if they trade? Let's just say they trade for Jake Gensel. Is it Gensel or Gwensel? Gensel. Okay, because like it was Hansel and Gretel, so it would be Gensel. Ooh, I see where your mind went. I like that, but no, it is Gensel. Okay, but Jake. now, now I'm now that I've said it so many times, I've already started to second guess myself. <laughs> when it comes to pronunciation, don't follow me, you kids at home. Uh, anyway, Jay Gensel is. I I think he probably is a target for the Oilers. I don't know that they'll want him or need him by the deadline, but if you got him, and you got him at a reasonable contract. And you're already going to trade for a number seven defenseman because that's what Ken Holland always does. So you get the guy. He can play either wing. He is left-handed, and I think the Oilers would probably prefer a right-handed center, but let's just say they get Jake Gensel. Now, you could put him on the second line with Leon and move, say, Warren Fogle or Vander Kane down. Or you could take him and put him on a third line with Ryan McLeod and, say, Dylan Holloway. Well, that's pretty good. I am I think the Edmonton Oilers, signing Corey Perry gives them options now. I, I know they're not done. I know they'll pick up an extra defenseman, and I suspect they'll at least shop for a goaltender. But the big pieces that they have to trade, which is the first-round pick, and Philip Broberg. You know, everybody that I hear talk about Philip Broberg goes, I don't know what his value is. And that's perfect 
if you're Kyle Dubas. Because it means that the Edmonton Oilers, you know, the Oilers are checking out what they're, what what players they have and what value is placed on them by other organizations. And if, as a group, the other organizations are lukewarm on Philip Broberg, or at least publicly so, or at least to Ken Holland in conversations that way, then you might be able to get him as kind of a throw-in. Like, last year, Mike Kesselring was a throw-in. He wouldn't be this year. If he was on the Oilers roster, he wouldn't be. And understand, I think it would be unwise to trade Philip Broberg. However, I'm not the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, and I don't know how much pressure Ken Holland is under to win a Stanley Cup. I suspect it's a lot, not just from the fans or from the other people that he's working with, but also probably ownership. You know, I'm, I, it, I don't know where during the five years that Ken Holland's been GM that Daryl Cates would have said, you know, um, I've been saying that's okay for a while. I don't feel like that now. But I think we're there. I think the indications are there. Hiring Jeff Jackson is an indicator that the Edmonton Oilers are they're they're going in another direction. If this is the Starship Enterprise, they're already getting to ready to go warp 10 in the summertime with a new GM. Can you do warp 10? How high did they go with the warps? Was it 6? Oh, is this a Star Trek reference? Yeah, you don't know Ooh, Star Trek. You're asking the wrong guy. Oh my god, you and Cheese and Star Trek now. How can we even get along? I think Ken Holland is at least shopping for a big name, a famous name. And it might be a forward, incredibly, after all this season has brought us. Pittsburgh is my favorite, second favorite team. You know, low tide, that potato guy always has been one of my favorites. There you go. Warp 9 on Next Generation. Okay. I still like 7 of 9 the best. I don't know about you guys, but I always thought her character was the best character. Stubborn as a mule. Smart, smart, smart. Yeah. Low tide, unpopular opinion. Daryl Cates does not care if they win a Stanley Cup. He's just in there for the money. Oh, no. No, he's not. No, I, I'm going to... That's a hill I will die on. You, you don't want to say whatever you want about Daryl Cates, but he spends to the cap every year. And he has brought in the most expensive general manager uh, in the league. And he's always looking. And sir, I, I think Daryl, just by reputation, and look, I, I do not interact with the Edmonton Oilers. I prefer it because I can be an outlier and independent. I, they owe me nothing, and I owe them nothing. But just anecdotally, I can tell you without a word of a lie, Daryl Cates is, is aggressive about trying to win a Stanley Cup. And... That doesn't mean he doesn't, you know, he, he's perfect. He makes mistakes, and he has made mistakes, so has Ken Holland. But I think if you look at NHL history, Daryl Case reminds me so much of Mike Illich. And I'm going to bring up Hockey Town again. Please buy that book. And you're just reading the prelude to what happened when Cates owned the uh, Edmonton Oilers. But when Mike Illich took over Detroit Red Wings, lots of things happened that were like, hmm, that's unusual. That's weird. Like... You know, Brian Murray finding out that there's a new GM, except that he's the GM. Stuff like that there. You know, and the, that I call them mercurial, mercurial owners. I can't say the word, but that's what I call them. Mercurial owners. Why is that so hard? And I think that's basically it. I think Daryl Keats wants to win so much that he, you know, David Molson and the Molson family just stayed out of all business. And they had Sam Pollock so they could. I don't think Daryl Cates has had Sam Pollock. 
And I think it's difficult for him to not get involved during the day-to-day and the, the business of the hockey year. I, 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 I would be impossible, so I'm not being overly critical here. But I do think that he burns to win a Stanley Cup, and he pays to the cap every year. If he didn't, I don't think they would be paying to the cap. The cap. Of course, Dale Cates wants to win. It's not about the money. He doesn't need any more money. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I have no idea how much money he has, but I'm sure it's a lot. Two nine and one was a near death experience. Now an eight straight win, followed by thirteen straight wins. Getting Corey Perry for zero, Perry for zero, is an out of body experience with levitations to cup dreams from Cliff. It's hard not to be excited about the Otis right now. Fogel is a better right wing. He's always been better on his offhand. The top six should be historic. Big John. Big bad John. Hey, is it Twang Tuesday today? It is Twang Tuesday today. Like it. I would, like never, it. I would never forget again. By the way, are we having a Chinook in this? Like, I know they're having one in Calgary, but like I got up this morning, it was minus 16. It was minus 8 when I was driving my car to work. I don't think it can qualify as a Chinook. But it's warming up, a warming trend. Right, but I don't think it's warm wind coming down from the mountains, right? So I think we just have to count our blessings. It's a little warmer, but it is not one of nature's miracles. Is that, is that okay? Well, I, 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 just the way you said it was... I know. You know you it was kinda, a little pretentious. Well, not just... It just you kind of... You put out the fire that was my mood, you know? Do you know the song Wildfire by Michael Murphy? Do we have that one? I'll certainly look into it. Okay. And if we have it, we'll certainly play the it. The first line of that song is she comes down from Yellow Mountain. And it always struck me as being an unusual color to use. You know what I mean? Like Yellow Mountain? Really? Yeah, right. It, does, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. You don't think of a mountain just, being yellow. I get where you're coming from. Well, it's distracting. You know, the song's nice. The lyric's nice. It has a pleasant voice. And then all of a sudden, you're like, Yellow Mountain? Anyway. And if you say he's digressing again, that's the show, man. Somebody got mad at me yesterday. You're all over the place. Have you not? Have you not, like, you know, heard the show? Oh, Ruby by Buck Owens. You could also play by Kenny Rogers. If you want to play Buck Owens, you could play Act Naturally or Tiger by the Tail. Uh, and it's slow, but I really like it, called Together Again. Play any of those. I did some general managing on my couch this morning. I'm sold that Larson is the most realistic CC upgrade. Kraken would have to fall out of contention. Do you think Larson would be open to coming back? Hopefully a couple of years has helped the grieving process. I don't know, Nick. It's a great question. I, I would prefer not to... I won't write about it. Uh, whatever his reasons were, they were real to him. And it was such a sad story. Um, and so, and I, like, I guess I'm sensitive to it because I get the idea of wanting to just move away and and not not go there. So I get what he, get, get what he did. Pink Mountain, BC. I get it. I understand there's different colors. I just think it was an unusual... Song choice. I was at a baseball tournament as a kid, and my dad made that my walk-up song. (laughs) Nice. So he was really coming down from Yellow Mountain. Todd, if you're Holland, do you try to acquire Saros? No. I, I think they've got a goalie. I am... I was all in on Stuart Skinner. I'll, I'll send you the link. 
I was all in on Skinner when he was struggling. Stuart Skinner is a National Hockey League starting goaltender. The owners have, they traded Fuhrer, they traded Moog, they traded Dubnik. Why don't you keep this guy? You know, if you've got a goaltender who's playing well, and you, you know, he was drafted and developed by you, and he loves, he's from here, he loves being here. What's the negative? You don't have to overpay for him to come here. He loves it here. Keep Stuart Skinner. We should start a chant about that. All right, we have a very busy show. We've got rumors on the way. Daniel Nugent Bowman will join us in hour number two. Brian Hedger from the Columbus Dispatch will talk about the Blue Jackets and their season. A little bit of wobble, I would say. That's on the way next. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick on Twang Tuesday. Buck Owens, man, that takes me back. Big game tonight. Columbus in town. Oilers have a chance to go 14-0. and 0. This is ridiculous. And the schedule favors them, but Columbus has some good players. Brian Hedger joins us now from Columbus Dispatch. I always look forward to seeing Zach Wierenski, 55% goal share. Wonderful player, but health is an issue for this player. Uh, how long has he been out, and when will he be back? Well, he's been out almost five weeks. Uh, he's had a high ankle sprain that happened right after Christmas. Uh, so he's been out, but he's, he's getting close. I, he's not going to play tonight, uh, but it looks like he may return uh, as soon as Thursday uh, in Calgary. The, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets are they're a tough story because, you know, it's talent runs through there, and it, it seems to me like there should be a better, I guess, year for them soon, a playoff run, something along those lines. But always, they seem to stub their toe, and then there's some weird trades. Um, what's the fan base feeling right now about the Columbus Blue Jackets? Well, fan base is, is extremely frustrated. Um, and that, that's mainly just because of, of the things you mentioned, um, the overall record. Um, but, you know, when you, when you look at this team and you, you look at it under the hood, you know, and you look at the, what's, what's really going on here, this is a very young team still, and they're still in, you know, a process. I mean, every team that you see in the NHL right now that is a good team has had to go through some sort of process at some point in time where they weren't very good, and they were young, and those guys had to learn lessons, and they had to get better, and that's, and that's what the Blue Jackets are going through right now. Um, if you look at this team, they usually lead games. Um, there's only been a handful of games this whole season or they haven't had a lead. I mean, that, that says something about this team. They usually have the lead. Their biggest problem has been uh, hanging on to leads, you know, they've been in finishing games. This team, uh, I believe they've lost 12 leads in third periods of games. Uh, you know, and, and in, I think it's seven of those games, it was in the last five minutes of the game. And of those seven, I think it's like three or four that were in the last minute of the game. They were leading those games. If they can close those out, if they closed out, you know, more than half of those 11 or 12 that they lost. Um, this is a whole different thing we're talking about here. The record's different. People are talking about how, you know, they're, they're a team that's on the rise. They're not talking about how it's a, a mess and all this other stuff. They, they just have to figure out how to close these games out. And, and that's part of the process that they're going through right now. Based on the numbers that I saw and the, the, the player that he should become, uh, and he's already playing, you know, reasonable minutes. 
what is the trajectory? What's the perception of uh, David Juracek and where he'll be like a year or two from now? Well, um, it's, it's in, that's an interesting one. I mean, he's gonna he's not uh, uh, projected to be in the lineup tonight against the Oilers. Uh, that will be his third straight NHL game uh, that he will have been a scratch. Uh, he's on the ice right now, actually. Um, you know, he's he's an interesting case because he's still for a young, for a defenseman, he is so young still um, in his career, and he's going through his own learning process. I I think that eventually, um, you know, after he you know develops and matures into the kind of player we think he can be, I mean, I I think he could potentially be that guy that they've always kind of lacked since Seth Jones left, he, you know, Seth Jones was uh, Zach Wierenski's defense partner on the top pairing for years. And then he, you know, the trade happened and he's in Chicago. So ever since that happened um, in 21, they haven't really found a replacement for him yet. So I think your check, since he is right-handed uh, and he is, he's, he's big, he, he can, uh, you know, he's got all the things you want. It's just, he's got to put it all together. He's, he's still like 19, 20 years old, you know, and, and still finding his way. Uh, one thing that they would like him to work on right now is his gap control. Um, you know, he's right now, what I would say is he, he's really got to work on some skating as far as technical things in, in his skating, but also, you know, gap control and just, just, you know, figuring out how to close down time and space and, and play on the defensive side. Cause on the offensive side, he's really starting to flash. Like he makes some really interesting plays on the offensive side. And one thing about him that is good, even though it kind of gets him in trouble every once in a while, uh, Zach Wierenski had told me a few while before he got hurt that he likes playing with your check because your check, even if he makes a mistake, he goes full 100% out and makes the mistake. He, he doesn't get caught in between like, Oh, should I go? Should I not? And you know, that's easier for his defenseman to read and say, you know, your defensive partner to read and say, Oh, he's going to make a mistake. So I'll cover for him here when guys get caught in between, it catches everybody in between. And now you're all kind of, you know, uh, scrambling a little bit. And so he doesn't really have that. Like he, he makes decisive decisions and goes with them, whether they're the right decision or not. Eventually he'll figure out when the right decisions uh, or how to make the right decisions. And that's going to make him a better defensive player. Brian Hedger, our guest Columbus dispatch, Johnny Gaudreau. We saw him here for years and he was a wizard with the puck. And I know it's a different team and, and different expectations, but um, how disappointing has he been, if at all? Well, I'll say this. Uh, for the start of the season, he got off to a very slow start, um, very uncharacteristic uh, play. He was, I mean, he wasn't invisible, but at the same time, it just it, it wasn't working. Um, that, I want to say that was for the first you know, two to three weeks, maybe four weeks of the season, first month. Since that time, He's been Johnny Gaudreau, and one of the issues that he's running into is something that he can't control, and that is he can't do everything. Like So his main thing is to be a playmaker. I mean, he is a playmaking forward, and he's made all kinds of plays for this team, but he can't also then skate over and put his own pass into the net. <laughs> for them. I'm like, he, he, there's at least one or two times a game where he'll be behind the net or, you know, somewhere on the wing and he'll, he'll set somebody up with a, just a, a golden scoring opportunity and it doesn't become a goal. Well, that's not Johnny Gaudreau's fault, right? Like that, like Johnny did his job on that and it doesn't end up a point. And so when it doesn't end up a point, it doesn't bring his stats up and everyone says, well, what's wrong with Gaudreau? Um, 
you know, so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with him right now. I think he's playing his game. I think he's back to being himself. But he, he needs to, you know, have some guys finish for him. And, and then you're going to start to see, the, you know, the, the points and the stats starting to pile up again. It's, you know, the, the when I, when I, and I don't watch Columbus much, and that's not because they're not a team that's worth watching because they are. But I find it interesting that, that there, there seems to be so much line shuffling going on. Uh, the, the most used even strength line, I think, is Marchenko, Ichinikov, and Voronkov. How has that line looked, and, and who is Goudreau playing with, and who is Boone Jenner playing with? Well, it's funny you mention that. They have since been broken up, uh, those guys. Uh, so, so right now on the top line, you're going to see um, – it's actually the guy who's been playing really well the last, I want to say, three, four weeks is Cole Sillinger, who's in his third year. Um, he's really starting to become an impactful two-way center uh, for this team. And so he's centering the top line now. And uh, his wings are Gaudreau and Chinnikov. And Chinnikov's coming on as well. He's, he has really got a good shot. But more so than that, he is, uh, he's really like physically developing into a powerful skating, powerful forward who can really take the, the puck to the net as well. And uh, so that's your top line. And then, uh, you know, uh, Boone Jenner is back in the lineup now uh, after being out with a broken jaw. So uh, that's always a boost to get him back as well. So they're starting to get, like, their regular lineup back. And, uh, you know, and and because of that, you're starting to see a little bit more regularity with the lines. But you are right. There's been a lot of changes um, as this season has gone along. What about the trade deadline? There's lots of names in play uh, for Columbus, but do you do you feel like they'll be active in offloading? And and what does that look like? Do they want picks, prospects? What are they? What might they be looking for? Well, it's interesting um, because clearly they're a team that is not in the playoff chase right now. So you would just typically think this is going to be a selling team, and they also have a like, quite a few. When everybody's healthy, this team has a lot of log jams. Right. There's a lot. There's players that that probably should be playing every night, like uh, Andrew Peak and uh, you know others, Emil Bemstrom and those kind of guys, and and they kind of get aced out of the lineup because other guys have come back and and other guys have uh, you know uh, longer uh, you know are more more status I guess in the NHL. I mean, for instance, you know Wierenski and, and Line are going to come back, and uh, and two two guys are going to leave the lineup because mm. of that. So. They have some log jams. Uh, I could see them dealing potentially uh, from their defensive depth. They have quite a, a bit of defensive. Uh, well, I mean, it's NHL experience. There's a lot of young guys on the blue line, uh, but, those, but those guys are all kind of getting older now. Adam Boquist, um, you know, Jake Bean, um, Andrew Peake. I mean, I could see them trying to move potentially some of them just to, you know, potentially uh, open up a, a regular spot. So that your check is not scratched, right? They, they want your check to get minutes, but uh, when when everyone's around, uh, the coach is going to want to play the guys uh, who have a little more experience to try and win games. So I could see that uh, Elvis Merzlikens, uh, the goalie, has obviously he, he had some issues uh, with yeah, his usage recently, and and uh, you know made a, a trade request that I guess the team has since uh, refuted, but sounds like it, it actually happened. Um, 
you know, so uh, you may see something there if something develops. I know a lot of teams need goaltending. Uh, he's been very solid for the Blue Jackets this year and uh, continues to be when he's, when he's called upon. So, I mean, they have a number of guys. I, I don't necessarily know, you know, in, in many years you look at it and be like, oh, it's this guy, this guy, and this guy are, are the trade targets. I don't really know who, it, who that would be on this team right now. Um, I mean, I some people could take a run at Gaudreau potentially if you're looking at bigger names, um, but there's a lot of tenure left on, or a lot of term left in that contract. Um, that you have to eat as well. Um, so, you know, there, there's all kinds of options, you know, when, when you're in this situation. They've got a number of picks. I don't think they need a ton. But, you, you know, if you can get high picks, those are always valuable. Uh, final one, you retweeted a few hours ago the uh, trade in 2021. Funny how time flies, right? Three years ago, Winnipeg trading Line A and Roslovic to Columbus for a PLD and a third-round pick. Um, your perspective the, these years later, did either team, you know, do well on that trade or do as well as they maybe expected they would? Sure doesn't look like it, you know. Um, I mean, what I will say um, for Patrick Line especially, that guy has dealt with so many injuries. I mean, I know he's, he's, he's underperformed of, you know, what the expectations were. Uh, sorry about that. That's um, okay. You know, like, I know he, I know he's kind of underperformed uh, based on what people were expecting through the first three to four years of his career there in Winnipeg, but he's dealt with a lot of injuries. I mean, just injury after injury has kept this guy off the ice, and, and it's really difficult to live up to your potential when that's you know when that's happening when that's the case. And, and you know, here he is again. I think he's only played 18 games this season so far. I mean, he, he four games into it, he gets a concussion on a cheap hit. Uh, by Rasmus Anderson, he's out nine games, and then it's hard for him to come back. And then he comes back, and you know he's in Toronto and, and breaks his uh, collarbone, and now he's been out for five weeks or so, almost six. So it's hard to really kind of get grounding on that, and that's kind of been the way it has been since he's been here in those last two years as well. He's always had some kind of injury. As for Rosovic, um, you know, he, he's he's had his moments as well. Uh, up and down, it's kind of been a roller coaster as well, and so I, you know, I know that the, that there's, you know, there's a higher level for him to get to as well that he's still trying to kind of get there. Um, and then you look at the other side of it, and uh, you know, I think Dubois he gave Winnipeg some good years, obviously, but uh, you know, kind of forces his way out there, and uh, he's he's with the, the Kings now, and I know it's just not going very well with the Kings. At this point in time, it's still very early in that contract, but it is interesting. Where I mean, that was a blockbuster deal yeah. uh, when that went down, and everyone, you know, all the big names, and, and none of them have really caught fire for either team. It it really is, you know. Sometimes those trades are like you go, "Wow!" And I did, and yet these years later, it's it's PLD uh, um, uh, wasn't a fit there, and then he wasn't a fit in Winnipeg, and I do wonder about LA and like at. The problem is you develop a past, right? Like, that's the problem, and it doesn't matter whether we're talking about hockey players or or guys in radio. I'm not mentioning myself as a name, but you do develop a past, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I will I'll disagree with you just a, to a certain extent. I do think that he was actually a fit here. Um, he, he ran into some issues with it was him and, and John Tortorella. 
honestly, I've never once heard him actually on the record say, yeah, Tortorella is the reason I'm, I was leaving. I think there was some friction there for sure. But, you know, he, uh, you know, Pierre Luke, I think he liked it in Columbus. And, uh, and they still had, you know, a number of, of kind of developing players with him, and he was going to be their number one center. And then for whatever reason, when, those, uh, when that negotiation happened, it just dra- dragged on and on and on, and there was no deal. And all of a sudden it's coming out that maybe there might be a contract buyout or something. <laughs> uh, or not buyout, I'm sorry, an uh, uh, offer sheet, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. And the Jackets had to guard against that. So that's kind of when it did start to, you know, like you said, like the, the fit kind of started, you know, uh, not looking the way it needed to be. But, you know, in hindsight, in hindsight you kind of look at it and say, well, maybe the Jackets could have done something like the Bruins did with uh, with DeBrusque. You know, remember when he had, had made demands like, hey, I kind of want to be out of here. And they just kind of said, well, well, we'll see what we can do, but I don't, you know, don't count on it. And look what happened. You know, like coach change, he comes in there, and, and now he's, you know, he, looks, he appears to be happy in Boston. So, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So, you know, you can look back at it and say, you know, maybe, maybe they should have been a little more patient with Dubois and see if they could get him to like Columbus a little more or something. Um, but but that's not what happened, and uh, here we are. Thanks for this. Appreciate it very much. Enjoy the game. All right. Thanks, thanks a lot for having me on. Okay. Brian Hedrick, Columbus Dispatch. That's, um, you know, I... In my life as a fan, I have cheered for teams that struggle for a long time. It's no fun. And I sincerely hope that the Columbus Blue Jackets pull out of it and have a a, a really strong decade here for for that fan base who are extremely loyal. And from what I can tell, it's the based on what I've read anyway, it's the nicest city in Ohio. I know that Declan prefers Cleveland, but we'll leave it at that. On the way, rumors, including... This is a big night. Chance for 14 in a row. That's historic. Not many teams have done it. We'll talk about that. We'll also, uh, Gregor sent out the uh, the expected lineup for tonight. We'll talk about that too. No Corey Perry, and we'll talk about why. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Oh, what a good song. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Say hello to Doug and Mary today. 1243. Daniel Nugent Bowman in our number two. Low Tide, if I just may, before we get to the rumors. I segment. just may? Is <laughs> we, that some kind of new lingo? We have some breaking news coming out of the NBA. Adrian Griffins, the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, has been fired. Oh. The Milwaukee Bucks, for anyone who doesn't know, are second in the Eastern Conference yes, they at are. 30 and 13. They're ahead they're, of the 76ers. They are. They're 19 and 4 at home, and they're 23 and 11 in conference, 6 and 4 in their last 10 games. Adrian Griffin's so fired. explain. Well, this has to be something behind the scenes because this is hitting me like a rubber bullet to the chest. I cannot justify this. I don't know what is going on. I'm going to look into it, but this is this is a shock, if nothing else. I was listening to Rubber Bullets by 10CC this morning, so when you said that, I was blown away by it. Of course, the, the news is also, uh, you know, interesting. NBA, the NBA, somebody in the NHL offices, I, I don't know, I, I don't trust Gary, so not him. But somebody, like, maybe daily, maybe he has to go and and do some kind of Venn diagram or a diorama, maybe, about why the NBA is always 
Like, no league has more explosive things happen all the time than the NBA. If you're an NBA fan, tell me when the last time you were bored was. It had to be like the 80s. And maybe not even then. It was probably on the 70s when you were watching on tape delay and you were bored because it was so late at night. Oh, my God. It's just like, it's mind-blowing. Like, and and your team is like, the great thing about it, it's all a soap opera. And that's the best. That's why wrestling is so good. Because people are like, I don't get wrestling. Because you don't, you're, you don't care enough. You don't understand how important it is that, that you know, Stu Hart beats up somebody with a chair. Like, it, it it's, that's what wrestling is. <laughs> it's taking all the frustration from the week and it's allowing you to let it all out in some congregation involving chairs, metal, hitting heads of other individuals that are not you. And there's beer. The NBA has figured out everything. I remember when the NBA, I, I think it was, who was it? Who was the commissioner? I can't remember. Anyway, he, he sent out a, a memo to all players saying that they looked too, like, gangy or something like that. It was David Stern. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, that was the, to me, that was the last tone-deaf thing I remember from the NBA. You know, the, the NBA does everything right. And, and the NHL's got to catch up because they do not. They really do not. And it's too bad. Because I love the NHL. Nope, says Ed. Still depressing. I don't know what that's about. We don't care about the NBA. Please move on, uncool dad. People care about the NBA. Another Buck Owens song for Twang Tuesday. Act naturally. Love that song. Love Buck Owens. Takes me right back when I was very young. Me too. We had uh, the Buck Owens and the Buckaroos live at Carnegie Hall. Don Rich says to Buck Owens, I just want to leave you with a laugh. And then Buck Owens cracks up. Love that album. Vegas Golden Knights have reassigned Daniel Miramanoff and Yuri Patera. They they've got they they're a hurting unit. They really are. Aiden Hill returning that will mean many more wins. And by the way, tonight, if the Oilers win and Vegas loses, they in terms of winning percentage would be in second place. This is an amazing run. It truly is. Wanted to pass this along because I do think it's important. Fourteen wins in a row is something else. You're not gonna you know you're not gonna halfway that. I, I said halfway instead of another word. But you get the idea. Jason Greger sent this out this morning, expected lineup as they go for the 14th consecutive win. McDavid between Nuge and Hyman, Dreisaitl centering Kane and Fogel, McLeod with Yanmark and Ryan on the wings, and Holloway, fourth line center now, Sam Gagne, Connor Brown. And that fourth line played more than the third line the other night on Saturday. Nurse CC, Ekholm Bouchard, Kulak Deharnay, and Skinner. I mean, you've got a 70-day a break coming up, basically. It's not that long, but I, I'm embellishing. A little hyperbole. Stretching the truth. You could play Skinner. You could play Skinner this week. Now, 
I'm sure they want to give Calvin Pickard a shot. Give him an opportunity. Calgary Flames have recalled Cole Schwint. Here's a name for you. Did your dad ever use the phrase or word Schweinhund? Never. He was, he was a tush paw and a long Z kind okay. of guy. All right. All right. We could have been swearing now and we wouldn't know it. Tanner Pearson coming back for the Habs. And we gave you an update, but we'll tell you. Zach Wierenski, Patrick Liney expected to return on the five-game road trip, but not tonight for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But when Byram's been activated. I said earlier, and I believe this, if you take a look at, and I'm looking at the athletic because it's the one I, I follow the closest. If you look at the names on that list, I'm not saying the Oda's are going to acquire any of them, but I think Ken Holland's bent, Ken Holland's template is to go get the guy, the big, big name. Because if you're going to go, if you are going to go for it, and I believe that absolutely, go for it. It's, it's you know, this is like, what's, what is a movie where you're going for everything? I guess Rocky would be a good example. Thelma and Louise was kind of going for everything and then not. Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Which one is that now? That is the, what do you mean? Like, that's the one with George Clooney and Matt Damon and Brad Pitt where they robbed the casino. Okay, and the, the casino owner is who? The casino owner is, uh, I forget the actor's name, but he is he's dating George Clooney's ex-wife in the right. movie. And so he's yeah. doing it as a revenge. And who's plot. the love interest in that? Oh, you know it's Julia Roberts. Yeah. 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 And then she says to him, you know, there's cameras everywhere. You'd think you'd know that, dumbass. Alan Barkin is in one of them. Which one is that? Not sure. That's about the extent of my knowledge on that that trilogy. She's in Oceans 11 and 13, apparently. Yes. Yes, she is. Oh, yes, she is. I'm just looking at the Google right now. Anyway, Elias Lindholm, Chris Tanev, Sean Walker, Sean Manahan, Jake Allen, Tarasenko, Kuzmenko, Noah Hannafin. Those are the top eight on the athletic list. And I'm not, the owners are not going to acquire Noah Hannafin. I get that because they don't need that player. But if, if there is like, this is almost the year where you just wait until late because somebody is going to be, I, I think Craig Conroy will not trade with the owners. Conroy is old school and he's, he's always never really given the orders much publicly. He's a little snipey. Remember one time he was mocking Sean Horkoff. Um, when Horkoff was playing. So I don't think, I, don't, I just do not think it'll happen. But there are some really good players on the Flames who would be fantastic additions. Uh, Devils have uh, signed Tom Fitzgerald long term. I, I, the, the, the question I have is, is uh, you know, and I know he's extended in October. Multi years, but Lindy Ruff, I, I I like Lindy Ruff, but some of his decisions are just like uh, Schweinhund means pig dog. All right, so I'm safe. I don't have to worry about it. I mean, I probably shouldn't walk around saying it all the time. Not like it's very nice. Andy Garcia, that's the way.
top uh, three favorite Buck Owen songs, Streets of Bakerfield, uh, Buck and Dwight Yoakam. That's a good video, too. Dwight is, Yoakam is so tall when he dances, it's ridiculous. Go for it with what assets and cap space? No, no, hear me out. I wrote about this. Not that you read everything, but I did write about it. First round pick and Philip Broberg will get you something. And, you know, maybe if it's an, if it's a, like if you can get a lot if you're interested in only a rental, I think it would be extremely unwise to trade Broberg and or a first for a rental. But if you were willing to do it, I think you could get, Bro, I could, you could get Jay Gensel out of Pittsburgh. Kyle Dubas will value Philip Broberg. I do not think they should trade Philip Broberg just for the record, but he is, man, he's looking really good down there. He is looking really good in Bakersfield. His his even strength goal share this year is 17-4 and 4 against. And the year that Oscar Kleffbaum left Oklahoma City, it was 17-7. Now, I know he's an older prospect, but he's still a very good one. Philip Broberg is all that. Okay, on the way in hour number two, looking forward to this, Daniel Nugent Bowman, our friend from The Athletic, will join us. We will have more of your texts. And do you have anything that you uh, are doing today on the show? Any feature at all? No, 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 no feature today. Tuesdays are my day off, you know, so I like to take so it easy. It, it just feels like you should have something. Maybe on Wednesday we should have something that you do. Yeah, for sure. What Whatever you, you want to do Wednesday. It's a high lie. No, no, no. We can definitely workshop workshop something whatever you want me to do any well, day we were of the week talking I'm here college for football but it's just over now yeah college football's done that'd be a great segment from september to january but. yeah well what about what about blue jays what about blue jays wednesday yeah we could i mean it's not i wouldn't say it's my area of expertise okay so well what what are your areas of expertise mrs andrews mrs andrews is a clear-cut number one right uh, then there's a steep drop-off then i would say combat sports we have right. that covered right after that i would probably say college football that season's not happening then i would say it's a tie between the nfl and the nba Okay, well, maybe NBA. All right. You know. Also, you know, black sheep of the family. You got that cornered. All right. This is the low time. Sports 1440. Time for an update. This is a sports 1440 update. And for your sports 1440 update brought to you by Tommy Guns. The unique lounges and casual settings make it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Nine games in the NHL tonight, including the Edmonton Oilers against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Puck drop for that one at 7 p.m. And it will be Stuart Skinner in the starters net. Around the NHL, the New Jersey Devils have signed general manager Tom Fitzgerald to a multi-year contract extension, also giving him the additional title of president of Hockey Ops. Just five games in the NBA today, including New York and Brooklyn at 5.30 and the Lakers against the Clippers at 8. In the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks have dismissed head coach Adrian Griffin and are expected to make assistant coach, assistant head coach Joe Prunty the interim coach. The Milwaukee Bucks are currently 30 and 13 and sit at second place in the Eastern Conference. They're 19 and 4 at home and 23 and 11 in conference. Also in the NBA, the Miami Heat acquired Charlotte Hornets guard Terry Rozier for Kyle Lowry and a protected 2027 first-round pick. 
And Cavaliers center Tristan Thompson has been suspended 25 games without pay by the NBA for violating the league's anti-drug policy. In case you missed it, in the Australian Open, it was Canadian Gabrielle Dabrowski and her partner Aaron Rutliff advancing to the semifinals of the women's doubles. They will play the pairing of Yelena Ostapenko and Ludmila Kinchenok. And finally, AJHL action tonight with things still fluid in the league. As of right now, there is one game on the schedule. It's Bonneville in Drayton Valley at 7 p.m. And as always, you can watch on flowhockey.tv. I'm Declan Kruger. It's hour two of the Lowdown with Low Tide up next. And this has been a Sports 1440 Update.